Yes, sir. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. When you get there, just shout amen. amen. All right, let's read that together. I'm coming to this camera. Verse number 6, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. So we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you now for your precious blood. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your kindness. Thank you for your cross, your death, and resurrection. And we give you all the praise and the glory for making us one of your chosen, your children, your sons and daughters. And for that, we give you all the praise, all the glory of their prayer. Said, amen. amen. All right. Now you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so very much. Now, uh, my instructions is to make sure that I uh, teach you the words. Uh, that, that's my assignment, is to make sure I teach you the word. Bring you to a place called understanding. Uh, that is my uh, responsibility. Bring you to a place called understanding. All right. Now, uh, in Second Timothy, Paul series is uh, Paul finished his course. And we're showing you all the kinds of ways that how Paul finished his course. Of course, we, we got it. We own the faith on the faith right now. And we got on there this morning. And so we're going to talk about uh, that today because I got a I got a lot uh, to talk about. Uh, one of the things I want to show you is how did I strengthen my faith? And, and, and when I said it, I could have said, how did Paul strengthen his faith? I could have said, how did Abraham strengthen his faith? But I want to say to you. How do you strengthen your faith? Because if you don't know how to strengthen your faith, then you're not going to be able to, to get along when, when situation changes because you got to use your faith. But my, my whole point is, if, if you leave here today, if you don't learn nothing else, learn what faith is. Because one of the greatest mistakes that I have ever encountered in my life is people do not understand faith. I say all the time, you do not use your faith to get something. You hear people will say to you how they got something. I got this because I use my faith. And uh, I, I want to show you that in the word of God that that's not way faith work. Faith is given to you so you can believe the word. Faith is given to you. Why? So you can believe the word. But let's let's show you. See, once once you have faith, now you become a believer. The difference between you and the person I say, they cannot believe the word. Now, it's a lot different. And I got faith so I can believe the word. than I got faith so I can get something. And that's what people think, that they got faith so they can get something. Everything you got already came to you by the cross. You got everything. That's why I always relate to Ephesians. Put on the screen while I'm talking. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. These are scriptures <clears throat> that you can see that you already got everything. The reason why so many people get messed over trying to believe God's word is because they're taught wrong. So, that's why I want to teach you this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. I'm always waiting on the screen. The screen never waiting on me. I always remember that. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3. Just one verse. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has past tense blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So God has already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. What we do is, when God talking about Abraham, we have to remember Abraham was not in the New Testament. Abraham was the father of all them that believe. All right, so let's go back to Romans chapter 4. We're going to look at one verse. I'm sorry, we'll start at verse 18. Romans chapter 4. I'm using Abraham as an example. 
Because remember, Abraham is in the hall of faith. Not hall of fame, hall of faith. <laughs> hall of faith, okay. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 is what we want. We're going to stay at the King James just for a moment. Abraham, he's talking about Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope. See, he has that word hope there. But I'm going to show you when you get to Hebrew chapter 11 what happened to hope. Who against hope believed in hope. Who against hope believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Now that's the verse I'm using. How do I strengthen my faith? Abraham was strong in faith. And the latter part of that verse says, giving glory to God. And if you don't watch yourself, you will miss everything because that's just a word that just seemed like it's laying there. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So that's why we are talking about how do I strengthen my faith? Now, I said to you this morning, if, if you was not here, you can get the tape. But I said to you this morning, uh, there are some things that you have and there's a purpose like to exercise. Uh, Timothy was told in bodily exercise profited little. But then he says, but godliness. See, godliness is profitable in all things. But bodily exercise profit, it profits. Now, he's letting you know you can, you can strengthen your mother, your, your muscles, not your mother. You can strengthen your muscles by exercising. You can eat vegetables and herbs and that will strengthen your immune system. And also you can, you can give gifts and that will, that will strengthen communications. And also communication will strengthen relationships. All those things is fine, but I wanted to know how do I strengthen my faith? So I, I went to Abraham and I asked God. And then when I studied Abraham, I'm just giving you the scripture. Now I gave them to you this morning tape, so I'm going to be moving. So I said this morning, Genesis 12, 1 through 7, God called Abraham. See, just like he did me. He called me into the grace of God. But when he called me, I was not spiritually where I am today. So I have to be able to say, how did I get to where I am today? Now, second, in Genesis 13, 14 through 18, Abraham had to separate from Lot. Now, all of these were Abraham's journey. Chapter 14, verse 17 through 24. Abraham met the high priest Melchizedek. Genesis 15, 1 through 7. The Lord cut a covenant with Abraham. I'm talking about actually cut a covenant. Came down and walked through the covenant with him. Genesis chapter 16. Verse 1 through 6. Then there was the birth of Ishmael. Abraham couldn't wait no longer. Sarah got wrong advice, gave wrong advice. Same thing happened in the garden. He listened to his wife, Sarah, and he got an Ishmael. In Genesis, Adam listened to Eve and got put out of the garden. That is not putting down the woman. I'm not a womanizer. Or whatever you call it. I got a wife. I listen to my wife all the time, but I have to understand when my wife says something, I weigh it by the word. Just like when I say something, she got to weigh it by the word. We don't do, do stuff just because I said so. 
Hallelujah. But in Genesis 17, verse 1 through 8, God changed Abraham's name. And I'm going to show you that today. And then in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9 and 10, God promised Sarah's son. Also changed her name. And then you see in Genesis 21, now we're talking about from 12 to 21, verse 1 through 7, now Isaac is going to have, uh, going to be born. Then God's going to have him to offer up his son in Genesis 22, 15 through 19. He's going to tell him to go offer up his son. Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 through verse number 19. So let's go back to Genesis 17 and see what the difference. This is the highlight of Abraham's life. This was the change in Abraham's life. Genesis chapter 17, I'm still with the King James Version. Out of all Abraham had done, he was still Abram. His name was changed in Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter number 17. His name was changed. We're going to look at that. On the screen, Genesis 17, there we go. And when Abram, if you still got the same name, because he's going to change his name. Abram, the Bible said, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, Abram. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thy perfect. Now, all of these blessings is going to begin to come to Abraham. But watch what he said to Abraham. Walk before me and be thy perfect. Now, God wanted Abraham to walk right, live right. No more Ishmael's. No more Hagar. You got to walk before me and be thy perfect. And then it says, and I would make my covenant between me and you. I multiply you exceedingly. Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall my name anymore be called Abram, but your name going to be called Abraham. For father men and nations have I made thee. He made him a father men and nations. He could not become the father men and nations until God made him the father men and nations. And that's why God had to change his name and breathe his breath in Abraham. Abraham was no more Abram. Now he was Abraham. And then it says, now I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you. I will make kings come out of you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seat and their, and in their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God to me and to your seat after thee. I will give to you and your seed after you the land, some of the land of Canaan, wherewith thou art a stranger and all the land of Canaan. I'm going to give it all to you. Used to be your father's. It's going to be yours for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Now, all of this is what God has promised him. Now, what you have to understand that God gave him the covenant of circumcision. Now, the covenant of circumcision was in his flesh. Let's read verse 13. Same chapter. He gave him the covenant of circumcision. He that is born in your house, he that is born with your money, must indeed be circumcised. My covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Well, where did God put his faith? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's see what faith is because it's the most misunderstood word in the Bible. Because there's a teaching where you have to get some. And you use your faith to get it. And you got to understand that's not how faith works. 
You don't use your faith to get something. That's why I'm going to show you the name Jesus because that's where it all started. When people began to use the name Jesus, they began to say they got it in the name of Jesus. That's why that went on and people was baptized in Jesus' name. That was their dispensation. But you don't get what God has for your life in Jesus' name. And I know a lot of people be like, wait, wait a minute, Reverend. But I'm going to show you in the word. God never gave you the power to use his name. Never gave you that authority. And that's why so many things ain't happening because we think it's a, it's a name that we can use like a credit card. We go charge it. And all we got to do is say, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. And it's supposed to happen. Now, that's, it's not happening, is it? But people do all the kind of faking and whatever, try to make it happen. That's not because he did not give you the power to use his name. Now, you can have a gift of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of miracles, gifts of healing, and it will work without you saying in Jesus' name. Because it's going to work because of the gift that's in you. There are many times, I, I, I pray for my wife and family, a lot of people, I just lay my hands on them. And I just thank God for the anointing. Put my hands on them, thank God for the anointing. The anointing began to man. I said, that's it right there. Never said nothing. So God is not doing stuff because you use his name. We think, that's, we think that's, that's the trick. That's the, you know, we, how we say that in the name. We think we have a recipe on it or something, you know. All right. Now let's go to Hebrew 11. Because I got to get this over. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 1. Told you what faith is. Now this morning what I did, I took this little glass. I have a lady who's sitting here. That I gave her this little cup this morning. You don't mind being a, being a cup bearer again with this. In this cup, I got two cup drops. Now, because I'm gonna demonstrate something. It's just Earlene Manning for the tape's sake. We've been knowing one another a long time. Matter of fact. We used to live down the same area. Didn't get a chance to play no golf, but I was out there. But anyway, there's two things in that glass. Now let's go to Hebrew 11 and 1. going to tell her what the two things are. Now, if you have faith, you have these two things in you. I'm going to show you why your faith don't work. I'm going to show you why people's faith don't work. First of all, so many people's faith don't work because they're not strong enough to accomplish the purpose. That's why my responsibility is to strengthen your faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she has two cops drops in there. We're going we're gonna to call them uh, two things. Hebrew 11 and 1 is on the screen. And Hebrew 11 and 1 said, now faith is two things. See, we, just, we, we go over, but we don't get it. First, faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for. So faith in the natural, faith is the substance of things I'm hoping for. It covers everything in the natural. Whatever I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Abraham was hoping for a son. Faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a job. So if you're in here hoping to get married, you got to know, know where to hope at. I taught on three things that lasts forever. And I told you they are faith, hope, and love. You got to know how they work. They always work together. And a lot of people are trying to use faith without love. It won't work. Galatians 5 and 6 told you faith working by love. Well, what happened to hope? Hope is in faith. You have to know where your hope at. So you know how to go around and say, well, I hope so. You got some people say, you, you, you going to do, I hope I, I hope I am. They still hoping. Hope only keep you afloat until you sink. Going on down. I hope so. You going to drown? I hope I don't. <laughs> well, that's, you got to know where you hope at. So why, listen to it real good. 
So Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 1, said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then it's also the evidence of things that's not seen. So your faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. So in my faith, Hope lives. Let's do that same verse out of the NLT. So I got to know what my what hope is. Hope is in hope is in my faith. See, hope lives in my faith. Hope is a substance of things. Faith is a substance of things I'm hoping for. So I know what my hope what hope is. Hope is in my faith. Look at the, look at the NLT. Let me grab that. That's Hebrews chapter eleven. And verse one. So I have to know where, where it is. If I'm going to operate in the things of the spirit, I got to know how God operates through me. So everything has to happen. It has to happen through him. Hebrews 11, 1 say, for faith is the confidence that we hope. Faith is the confident that what we hope. Faith is the confident that what we hope. We hopeful. So faith now is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith gives us assurance about things we can't see. So if faith is a substance and the evidence, say it with me, faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for. All right, so Abraham was hoping for a son. Your hope lives in your faith. So when God gave you the faith, he put the hope and the evidence inside the faith. So you're not trying to get anything. He put it in the faith. Oh, Jesus, I can get you to see it. So what was Abraham hoping for? Hope for a son. What did God put the hope at? So in you, you got everything you need. That's why God gave you Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And where is that? In Christ. Everything is in Christ and Christ in you. See, if you're trying to get healing, you don't know what healing is. Healing lives in you. Let me take you to a couple of Old Testament scriptures. Help me, Lord. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. Of course, you know when I minister, I just minister when I hear the Spirit of God say something. Exodus chapter 15. Hope I don't have it backwards. Exodus chapter 15. Watch, watch how this works. Oh, God, look at that. Exodus 15, are you there? Watch what it says in verse 26. It says, and, and God says, if you diligently hearken, this is what he told Israel, to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in my sight, and will give ear to my commandments, and keep all my statutes, I would put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, where's the Lord? If you save, if you save, where's Christ? Well, if Christ in you, he is your healing. Ain't that right? See, I'm going to do a teaching not long from now that he is your salvation. I talked that, but I got to go into the details because I want to teach the seven, seven I am's. See, all of these is who God is in you. That's why I don't do bread on the table no more. I found out that he's the bread of life for real. All right. So he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, if he's the Lord that healeth thee, I got to know where he, he lives. 
He lives in me. So watch what the psalmist said. Let's go to Psalm 103. And verse 3. Just one verse. Psalm 103. So when, when David picked this up, or when the psalmist picked this up, watch what he's going to say. Psalm 103. God said he would take sickness. That's why when I gave you that, that Matthew 8, 17, maybe we go to that next. Psalm 103, we're going to go down and look at verse 3. It says, who forgive it? Now, now verse 1 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, remember, the soul is the person that's saved in you. That's who you are. And all that is in me, bless his holy name. He's talking to the soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. See, you already got this. Soul. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities. He's already done that for you, soul. Who healeth all your diseases. He's already done that for you, soul. Who redeemeth your life from destructions. Who crowned you with love and kindness and tender mercy. Satisfied your mouth with good things. So that the, thy youth is renewed by the eagle. He executed righteousness and judgment for all of them. He's already did all this for you, soul. He just said to you, soul, don't forget all his benefits. Somebody say, I won't forget, Lord. See, he just don't want you to forget all he has done for you. So go back to Romans 4 and verse 20. So when you read Romans 4, 20, the key to the whole verse is Abraham gave glory to God. Abraham did what? The last part of that verse. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. How did he do it? Giving glory to God. He's showing you how he was strengthened in his faith. Every time, everything God did, even before he seen the son, he already was giving glory to God. Now, I gave you this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Let's go there. I said we're going to start there. What is your responsibility? Let's, before we get to 2 Corinthians 12, let's look at 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 and verse 13. Just one verse. What is your responsibility? If you already got your faith in you, then what do God require of you? You got you to, of course, you got to live for him. Present your body. That's Romans 12, 3. Rome, Romans 12, 1, 2. Present your body living sacrifice. That's exactly right. You got to do that. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But when it comes down to how your faith going to work and how does it operate, you have a part to play. Let me, let me take that out of your hand. I, I got the two faith in your hand still. Thank you so much, Sister Man. All right. Now, now watch this. He told you your, your part of the process. Now, this is where people, they want God to, to do the work, but they don't want to do their part. How many of you remember what I told you last week or the week after when I was telling you what you're supposed to keep doing? Keep believing. Come on, say it again. Right. So when you do not see what you want to see when you're praying for something, you don't go and change your prayer. See, if you're already thanking the Lord for healing in your body, you don't go get mad and say, now, Lord, when are you going to get this done? See, your job is to do what? Right. Your job is to keep believing. Okay. Now, watch what happens here. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, one, one verse, it says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. We thank God without ceasing. I said we thank God without ceasing. It's an awesome thing that every time I see you, you are saying thank the Lord. So what are you doing when you're thanking God? You're giving God the, the glory. You haven't seen what you're praying for yet, but you're already thanking God without ceasing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. See, that's what God wants you. You ought to have something you've been praying about. You haven't manifest yet. 
Your job is to keep it watered. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, sir, I just thank the Lord for that. Yeah, every time it come up in your spirit, you just thank the Lord for it. Just push a little more water on it. Thank you for that, Lord. That's coming up too. Somebody said that's coming up too. Right. So in, in, in verse 13, for this cause also, thank we God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you receive it not as the word of men, but as is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So what am I saying to you? When you keep believing, God keep working. So it's not God, it's not God determine how long he work. How long you want him to work. Your job is to thank him without ceasing. When you're doing that, you're giving God glory. And as you keep in giving God glory, God keep, keep on working. Philippians 2.13. See, you watch people. They'll start out thanking the Lord, and before you know anything else, they're complaining. How bad it is. Just keep on thanking him. I'm going to show you in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul was tormented. God... The, Gave him a messenger. Tormented him. But he kept on thanking the Lord. That's what you got to understand. So you don't stop thanking him. And even once it manifests, keep on thanking him. Because you got some other stuff got to come up. <laughs> Everything you hoping for is already in your faith. Seen and unseen. Natural and spiritual. It's already been given to you. God not going to give you more faith. People around here are like, Lord, I need more. No, you don't need more faith. You can have more grace, but not more faith. There's only one faith, but you can get more grace because he has abundant grace. Got to know what you're asking for. Verse 13 again, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you receive it as the word, you didn't receive it as the word of men, but as it in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. How long does God want this to operate? Let's go over and show you a verse of scripture. And let's go and show it to you out of uh, let me find it. No, no, no. No, I got I'm, I got to go to one that's uh, Sister Yancey, Sister Yancey's favorite verse. She may be in forgot, forgot it. It talk about effectually working. You don't, know, you don't know what I'm talking about. See, when the word of God effectually works. One time you asked me about this verse. That's why I figured it was your verse. Second Thessalonians what? No, I don't think so. This one here is. No. Effectually is the word. The word affects the workers in you that believe. Philemon. I want to hear. She the one asked me about the verse. That's why I told her. That's how I remembered it. Philemon. And verse 3. Let's go to it. See, when the Spirit of God puts something in your spirit, it's never leaves. It's still there. It's just got to be brought out. That's why wisdom in the heart of man is that deep water. Proverbs what? Proverbs 25. Wisdom in the heart of man. See, I know my ministry. Wisdom in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding. Draw it out. That's what I come to do. 
See, that's, I'm the same man at the well, like Jesus was, my daddy. When he was at the well with the woman, she didn't know. She said, but sir, the well is deep. You have nothing to draw with. He didn't, she didn't realize, I have something to draw with. How many know what you, draw, what you have to draw with? Be quiet. She knows over there in that corner. But I'm going to show you that in Isaiah 12 next. All right, here we go. Philemon, are you there? Philemon, verse, verse number uh, three. Let's start verse three. Philemon. Paul was in prison when he ministered this to a young man. Waiting on the screen. Can't go nowhere without the screen. Here we go. He said, grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, I thank God, I thank my God, make a mention of you always in my prayers, hearing thy love and faith which thou hast taught the Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm hearing about two things you got in you, the love and the faith. So you got to have both, because the, the love, Galatians 5, 6, work of the faith. God put your love and faith in the same house. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints. So you know what it is, faith towards him, Lord toward the saints. That the communication of your faith, that is. He's showing you how to strengthen your faith. If your faith is going to be strong, you got to communicate it. See, you don't, you don't witness enough. You don't talk enough. The communication of your faith may be effectual. We're going to read this out of the NLT next. The communication of your faith may be effectual. How is it going to happen? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you is in Christ Jesus. When you realize that everything in you is in Christ. That's a big statement. Do you know how much is in Christ? God wants all that in you. And it is. Everything that's in Christ, say everything, everything. that's in Christ, in Christ. Is, in is in my soul. Why? Because Christ is in me, right? So everything that's in Christ is in me. So I don't have to go outside of me for nothing. I am the temple of a living God. I'm the place where God lives. So you got to start seeing who you are. That's what cause you to glorify God is when you start talking like it and acting like who you are. Living like who you are. That's what God wants from you. Walk before me, Abraham, and be thy perfect. From this day on, I got my eyes on you. I'm changing your voice. I'm changing your name. I'm changing your character. You are not the old Ab Abram no more. You Abraham. Start acting like it. You want to be a father of many nations? Act like it. And I'll make you who you are. All right. So that's Philemon. Now, who else, where I see I'm going out for this? I know. Okay, let's do Philippians 2.13. But I just say I'm going somewhere else too. Okay. okay. Isaiah 12. Thank you very much. All right. Philippians Philippian 2.13. Now, Philippians 2.13 told you who do it. So you have to always remember, he is the one that do it. After this, we go to Colossians 129. See, see here, Philippians told us, Philippians chapter 12, are you there? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, I'm sorry. Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my beloved brothers, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but also much more in my absence. That's not what I want. Verse 13. I'm sorry. Verse 13. For it is God which worketh in me. Say it with me. For it is God which worketh in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So everything happened in me, God working. Now, what is my responsibility? Keep believing. That's 1 Thessalonians 2.13, right? Keep believing. Philippians 2.13, God's keep working. Philippians 2.13, God keep working. 
1 Thessalonians 2.13, you keep believing. How many got that? All right. Now, now that's that. Go to Colossians. Next book over. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 29, we're going to see this happening in Paul's life. Now, here God got Paul exalting the church. And the last verse he says in verse 29 in chapter 1, he said, Whereunto I also labor. I'm laboring. This is, this, is, this is work. Striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. I said, God worketh in me how? Mightily. Go to Ephesians 3.20. When you realize that you the one decide how often and how much God work. He's working on you. He's working in you to bring forth the fruit in your life. That's why I tell people I don't have time for some stuff. Don't have time for it. Got too busy. Got, the Lord's working today. Phil, I'm sorry. Ephesians 3.20. Go to verse 19. Back up one verse. Ephesians 3.19. There we go. And to know the love of Christ, which passes all understanding. I'm sorry. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So what is God doing? He's filling you with all the fullness of God. What is he doing? He's filling our heart with all the fullness of God. The knowledge, it passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that's able to do, here it is. Now to him that's able to do exceeding abundant above all that we may ask or think, but it's according to, it's according to the power that what? Works in us. What power that works in us? Faith and love. See, I have to believe. I'm the soul man. I must do the believing. God's not going to do my believing for me. I must do the believing. He does the working. I keep believing. He keeps working. I never have to worry about do I have enough. Just keep believing. Whatever you got coming from God, just keep believing. So that's why Jesus said, if thou can believe, all things are possible. Only to them that believe. See, this is determined whether you are a believer or not. How long do you believe? See, if your faith ain't strong, you don't believe long. That's why I read last week, Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. That's the four different kinds of soil. One of those soil, the person didn't believe long. And then when the persecution and trials and affliction came, they stopped believing. That's why you have so many folk in church one Sunday, and you have so many folk in church another Sunday. You got people with different, different agendas. Some people are going to come when everything is all right. Some coming if it's snowing. It don't make them no different. I got to get the word. Amen. See, you got, you got to understand something. You got to come to a place that I got to have the word. Say it with me. I got to have. Come on, say it like you are addicted to something. <laughs> this, this ain't no game. You got to act like you're addicted to this. I got to have Listen, when you get a person that's addicted to drugs, he ain't playing. He got to have this. I've been there and done that. I wasn't working if I couldn't get me a couple of two, two, two. Felt better after I two, two, two. Come on, we've been there, done that. But we got to be that way on the word now. 
See, when it come down to setting my clock, my wife would tell you, I set my clock an hour early went to bed. I'm getting up at three in the morning. Don't make no difference. Set an hour early. Not going to be late. When it come down to fast forward, I don't use that hour for myself. I use that hour in prayer. That's the Lord's hour. He gave it to me. I'm going to turn around and take it and then still be late. <laughs> what I say I'm going after this? I'm going to 2 Corinthians 12. Isaiah 12. Okay, that's one of them. Let's go to Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12 told you how to get the water. You got, your faith got to be strong. You got to learn how to draw water. That's why Jesus met the woman at the well. And after, she, after he met at the well, and after he gave her that, that water that she don't have to come there no more to get, she left her water pot. She went to town and started preaching. That's what happened. You get this water. Amen. This change in your occupation. He didn't even have to tell her she hired or nothing. He said, woman, you ask of me, I give you that water where you don't have to ever thirst again. And he said, sir, evermore give me that water. She said, but when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell me everything. Jesus said, shh. You talking to him. Oh, the man. I'm talking to the top man, right? You the Messiah? I'm the Messiah. Wait a minute. Let me go get some other folk. Didn't have to hire. Didn't he have to actually go work in his vineyard. She went there and got all the men. She knows. She said, come here, come here. I met the man himself. And they all followed her. And they said this. We didn't believe the first time because you said so. We believe now because we heard him for ourselves. It's nothing like hearing his own voice. Isaiah chapter 12. In that day, this is once you get that water in you, thou shalt say, oh Lord, I praise you. No, nobody got to pump you, prime you. Can't you see Sister Judy coming down river? She don't care if it rains, shine, sleet, or snow. <laughs> she got to come down, down river. She has to come from down river. This is an awesome thing. When you get this word, you get addicted. You got to have it for next week. So when stuff comes up in your life next week, you already got the word. Situation's going to come. You ain't got to worry about that. They're coming. So you got to arm yourself. Prepare yourself. Get what you need. So when the situation began to rise in your life, you already ready. I got my faith already built up because I know the devil going to stick his head up somewhere. That's why I'm going to give you Ephesians chapter 6 after a while. He told you to do everything to stand. Do what you got to do to stand. You got to know what you got to do. It's no game. Isaiah chapter 12. In that day you shall say, O oh Lord, I will praise you. Though thou was angry with me, thy anger is turned away, and now you comforted me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, God know what he gave it to you for. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. That's what he gave it for you. He gave you joy so you can get your water. I don't care where you're at. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you got joy. And you can get your water. Tell somebody, I got what it takes to draw my water. That's all you got to do. You got to start using your joy. You got to give him the glory. That's what, Abraham, that's what Abraham did. At old man, 99 years old, he started giving God glory. He started thanking the Lord, although he could not see anything happening yet. He kept on thanking God. Yet will I praise him. I say yet. You got to, get, you got to have a yet will I praise him. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. That's why I left off this morning. I'm going to eventually. Did I tell you I'm going somewhere else first? 
I got a lot of places I say I'm going, didn't I? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. In 2 Corinthians 12, where I left off this morning, I said I'm going to go to Ephesians 2, didn't I? We'll go there next. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, watch how Paul life. As much as Paul went through, and that's why, that's why I read to you that, that, that God gave Paul in verse number uh, 7. Can y'all read verse 7 out of the NLT? I want them to see something. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. I want you to hear what he did. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul was tormented. And we, we got to understand something. And I tell you, that's what happened when you, when you, go, when you get the glory. Once you begin to get a, a certain distance spiritually in growth, you better have the faith. There's no gain. What, what, verse, what verse I'm at? Second Corinthians 12, 7. That's what I like you to say, right? Like I always said all the whole verse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. That's where you're at. Okay. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. Now that was him. So to keep me from being proud, Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. He's going to tell you who it was. He was a messenger from Satan to torment me. From becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. Look at somebody and say, my grace is all you need. Come on, point way across somewhere. Somebody will, my grace. Say, God's grace is all you need. That's what he told him. See, they was not to take anything with them when they went on a journey. When they went out preaching, Jesus chose 12 men and told them not to take nothing with you. Take no purse, no script, no money, no gold, no silver. Don't take no two coats. Don't take nothing. I'll take care of you as you go. I'm giving you one thing and he gave them his name. That's why you got to Peter, and Peter says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, because that's what God gave him, his name. He gave you his faith. So when you don't have nothing else with you, you got everything. You just got to know what you got. You have the substance already, and you got the evidence. He gave you his faith. What did he give you? He gave you his faith. Then Ephesians 4, 7 says, he gave you his grace. You got to know what he gave you. And he gave you the Holy Spirit to live inside of you to work it out. You got to know what he gave you. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. We're in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. My God Almighty. So that the power of Christ, and then he began to boast. He says, so now I'm glad. Now I'm boasting. He began to boast in his weakness. In the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I'm suffering for Christ. So when I'm weak, now I'm strong. Because God always comes on you in your weaknesses. God Almighty. That's why prayer is so important. And that's why in your prayer, you always, the principle Lord shows up. Because that's your weakness, and that's when you bow. You humble yourself before God. Paul said, but when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Somebody say amen. amen. 
So since I live by believing, then I need to learn how. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1. My God. We're going to go to King James. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. So you have to understand, all through Paul's ministry, he just glory and glory and glory. But why was he doing it? He knows the Spirit of God rests upon him when he glory in the Lord. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. God has chosen the base things of the world and things which are despised. Has God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Why did he do it that way? That no flesh should glory in his presence. Say it, no flesh shall glory in his presence. Paul said, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Why has he made everything for you that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That's why when you start talking about your righteousness, you don't have any. Christ is your righteousness. Christ is your redemption. Christ is your sanctification. Why? What is he doing? So you're glory in him. Everything you are is because of him. I am what I am by the grace of God. Somebody clap your hand. You are who you are because that's who God made you. 2 Corinthians eleven thirty. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30. That's why every time God do something, you ought to say something. No, you didn't hear me. I said, every time God do something, you ought to say something. Somebody ought to know God doing something in your life. Because you can't shut up. Because every time he do something, I got to say something. And that's how you have to tell people, you want me to shut up? You tell him to stop working. And he can't stop working because I ain't going to stop believing. And as long as I keep on believing, he's going to keep working and I'm going to keep thinking. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 30. If I must need glory, I will glory in the thing which concern my infirmities. He said, if I'm going to glory, I'm going to glory in my weaknesses. Going through something, but I'm still going to glory. I'm going through something, but I'm still going to give him glory. See, God want to know, will you praise him? Will you thank him? Will you glory? Will you tell people how good he is? Will you talk about him when you're not going good with you? I'm talking about when, you, when he has not answered your prayer yet. Abraham said, to, Abraham says, I don't have my son yet, but still thank you. Go back and look at all the, the men in the old covenant, especially Job, how much they beat Job down. And Job said to his wife, she said, you ought to curse God and die. Job, wait a minute, ho, ho, you sound like a foolish woman. Job said, Whatever he do in my life, I will still praise him. See, God want to see you in your weaknesses. When you're going through some things, when things ain't going your way, prayers ain't been heard, situation in your life hadn't changed, but God want to know, will you still give him the praise? Will you still lift up your hands and tell him thank you? All those things ain't working for you right now. You ought to still give God a, a thank you. Why? Because he told you to keep believing. And you have to let people know, my hand may not be as high as I want it to be, but I'm still thinking. 
I just want y'all to know I still got a Thanksgiving going on up in here. I still got a hallelujah and I still got a thank you, Jesus. Don't have all I need. Don't have everything I prayed for. But it's not going to stop me from giving him the praise. God is worthy of the praise. Come on, get up on your feet. Get on your feet. You don't have to wait till you see it all manifest. You let people know I'm going to praise him. I don't care if I don't see it. I'm going to praise him. You might be like the Hebrew boy. He can put me in the furnace. He can put me in the furnace if he wanna, but I'm still gonna praise him. God can put me in the furnace, but I'm still gonna praise him. Daniel, what you gonna do? You can put me in the lounge in, shut the door on the lounge, I'm still gonna praise him. And when he praised God in the loud den, the angel showed up. When the Hebrew boy got in the furnace and praised God, the Lord, the Lord showed up. If I go back to Paul and I go back to Silas and here they are in prison. They were in prison and it was midnight. Nobody expected them to do no praise. Couldn't nobody see they prayed. Paul and Silas were locked up in prison, rats running all around. And he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I remember how to get out of this. I'm going to sing and you praise. And God began to hear the praises of his people. And all of a sudden, the Lord stepped in. Peter was locked up, kept locked up between people. And he kept on praising God. If I'm by myself, I got to praise him. And the Lord came in and opened the prison doors and unlocked Peter's cell and told him to get up and get out of here. Hey, you got to learn how to praise him. Don't worry about who see you, who know it. Just, just begin to thank God. Every day of your life, you thank him. When you get up in the morning, thank you. When you go to bed at night, thank you. If you got to get up and use the bathroom, thank you. I can't do nothing but thank you. Every day of my life, every time, every time. I got a sub pump. I got a sub pump in my basement. And it goes off all through the day. And one thing God showed me, see, every time you hear it, you said thank you. I'm telling you, I asked the Lord to help me to thank him. I asked him to help me to thank him. He said, I'll tell you what you do. Every time you hear that sub pump, you said thank you because if that sub pump stopped working. Woo. If that sub pump stopped working, your basement is flooded. Hallelujah. Every time I hear the sub pump, I tell the Lord thank you because my basement ain't flooded. Hallelujah. Keep your mouth open to the Lord. Keep your heart open to the Lord. Strengthen your faith by giving him the glory. Giving him the praise. Thanking him every chance you get. Don't worry about the worry. Cast your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. And let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your heart and mind. Let yourself begin to thank him and praise him and God will take you and develop a prayer life where your life become a time of worship and praise. Don't spend your time in worry. Spend some time in praise.
Thank God for what you already got. Stop worrying about what you don't have. Start thanking God for what you already have. You have more than a whole lot of people. The door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.